You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 10. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so happy that you're joining me. And I hope the discussions that we've been having are proving helpful to you. I am excited to talk today about something that I'm calling presence. More specifically, how do we remain present in the exam room when our clients are being irrational and, let's face it, frustrating? There is a power to staying present with those people. There's a power in controlling our emotions around these people. So we all know that clients can be super annoying and super frustrating. No matter how much we cater to them, no matter how much we revolve our practice around them, they oftentimes are ungrateful. And for those of us who work in the veterinary world or any world where there are people involved, especially when we are in a service industry where we wait on and revolve our jobs around people, the frustration and the stress levels can get really high and they can build throughout the day, especially if you have multiple people in a day that are super demanding or super frustrating. Clients have um, idiosyncrasies. They are exotic. They are odd. They are strange. And when we have to experience these things, one on top of the other, on top of the other, we can get stressed out, get drained, get frustrated, um, and even angry. I've had days where anger has crept in and, you know, I don't, I, I'm kind of short to anger, but, um, I get over it really fast. I'm one of those people that, you know, I can be like, oh my gosh, blah, blah, blah. And then boom, I'm fine. Um, but it's, it's kind of sad when clients can make us angry. You know, we feel like they're causing our anger and it really isn't them. It's the way we think about them, but it's a fact and we experience it. So what I want to talk about today is how do we get around that? What is the workaround? What do we need to do when we're in the exam room with a particularly frustrating person in order to survive it and survive it um, and enjoy it? Enjoy the interaction, even if they're they're frustrating and annoying. They... They love their pet. Uh, a lot of times, the most annoying people are the ones that love their pets the most. And so if we can appreciate that, that they're super concerned, and the reason that oftentimes they're super annoying or super demanding is because they're worried about their pet, if we can learn to think about it in that way, we might be able to enjoy the interactions that we have um, with these people much, much more. So I, what I wanted to do is tell you a little story about a particularly frustrating thing that happened to me one day. Um, it was probably a couple months ago, um, but I wrote it down because I was um, trying to use it for one of my blogs. But um, it's a good example of how unreasonable clients can be 
and how we can not let that affect us. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Oh, but first, let me talk to you a little bit about a book that's really good to read around this subject called Presence. Um, The book is by Amy Cuddy, and um, she has some uh, TED Talks and lots of stuff you can you can find her and listen to her. But basically, her definition of presence in the book um, with that title, her definition is bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges. And um, I really like that definition because it talks so much about how we can be bold, we can experience challenges, and if we remain present, we, that won't get us down and it won't defeat us. Um, so bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges. And let's face it, clients um, oftentimes are our biggest challenge. So it, it allows us to listen to people with an open mind and let people know that we truly care about them, even if they're giving us a difficult time. Um, so anyway, here's my story. Um, this woman, it was a, I think it was a Saturday. So Saturdays are really busy. And this woman came in and, um, the history was that her dog had had diarrhea for three days. Um, she had this cute little sweet kind of Jack Russell Terrier type dog. Um, and I don't remember exactly how old he was, but I think he was older, probably, I don't know, six or seven. And when I went into the room, um, he was kind of depressed. He was uh, a little bit dehydrated. And I kind of went about my job like I would. I talked to the client, asked her some questions, examined the dog, got his vitals, um, and then talked to her about, you know, getting some permission to do some testing to try to figure out what was going on with this little guy. And when I went in the room, she seemed a little bit short, but because I'm um, one of those people that that doesn't bother, um, because I have a tendency to be quick and short as well, um, it doesn't throw me off my game if people are a little bit short, if they seem like they're in a hurry, you know, it it really doesn't bother me too much. Um, So she seemed a little bit like that, but I didn't really get the impression that, you know, she was having a a super big deal about being there. Um, So the first thing that started to bother me a little bit or started to be a little bit annoying about this particular client was um, as I was kind of trying to explain to her what I wanted to do, she kept looking at her cell phone. So as I was talking about, you know, we might want to test him, you know, test his stool. We might want to do a fecal smear to look for clostridium or something that could be causing the diarrhea. You know, we may want to do some blood work, kind of explaining to her what we could do. Um, Anything I said, she started looking up the diagnoses on her cell phone. She, as she was looking at her cell phone, she would say things like, um, do you know what parvo is? Um, and she literally said that to me and I said, uh, yeah, I do know what Paro is. And then, um, she also, as she was looking at her phone said, do you know what gastroenteritis is? And I said, yeah, I absolutely do know what that is. Um, so I was a little bit amused by that, but, um, 
I did start to get a little bit annoyed um, when I realized that she had her friend um, on the other end of the phone that she was texting with. And the friend apparently was telling her um, over texting um, to ask me different questions and to... um, she was basically coaching this woman on how to save money and how to not let me take this woman's money, apparently, is what was going on. So when I realized that this was going on, you know, it, it started to bother me a little bit because here I am thinking, yeah, I'm a licensed veterinarian. I think I know what gastroenteritis is and I know what parvo is. Um, I think that's why you brought your pet into me, right? Because I'm a vet. And that's what my brain was saying as this lady was, you know, talking to her friend and asking me all these questions. So I went out of the room um, at some point during this interaction, um, all these questions that her and her friend were throwing at me. And I had my technician, you know, work up a treatment plan so we could give her, you know, some prices and, um, it kind of went on and on. Um, My technician would take in the treatment plan. She would decline this, decline that. And then her friend would ask a question and then I'd have to go back in the room and, you know, talk to her about this and why do you want to do this test? And so it kind of went back and forth and back and forth for probably an hour, which, you know, is super frustrating when you're on a, on a Saturday and you're trying to get some things done. And, you know, I just want to make your pet feel better. And, and basically, you know, one of the things I said to her is I said, you just need to tell me what you can do. I mean, he obviously needs some sub Q fluids at the very least, and we need to give him some medication for his diarrhea. And if, if that's all you want to do, that's fine. You know, if, if the money is a problem or you, you don't want to, you know, do the things that we're suggesting that you do. Um, So anyway, after all this back and forth, and she kept declining everything, and then she asked me for a prescription for the medications that I was going to send home. And um, she almost denied all the treatments that I recommended. And the reason I say almost is at some point during this interaction, I decided to become present in this situation because, you know, my first instinct was to just back out and be like, all right, lady, your dog is diarrhea. You obviously don't care. You know, I'm just going to check out because I'm busy. I got things to do. I can't keep going round and round with you and your friend on the other end of the phone. That was the first thing I wanted to do. But I decided to become present. And that's where this idea of presence comes in, is I decided to really look at the situation, try to really understand what this lady was, was trying to accomplish with me. And I decided to kind of stand up for myself and become my boldest self. Like Amy says, as in presence, becoming your boldest self. So I decided to become bold and I used my most patient doctor voice. And I basically insisted that she allow me to give this dog some sub-Q fluids and an injection of something to calm his vomiting because somewhere during the hour of back and forth, she told me that the dog also had vomited. So I basically said, look, if I don't give him at least something, I need to give him something to calm his system down, 
get some fluids into him because he's obviously dehydrated. You're going to have a sicker dog than you had yesterday, and you're going to end up at the emergency clinic tomorrow. So I basically got very bold and kind of firm, but not ugly, just, just firm, and said, look, this is the best thing for your dog. Let's give him some fluids. Let's get him on the path to healing. I'd be happy to write you a prescription. That will help, you know, the whole money thing and your friend telling you that I'm, you know, taking your money or whatever. And let's do this. Let's become a team and do this together for your dog. I knew that if I lost my cool, if I got upset, then the pet was going to be the one to suffer. And this lady was annoying. Yeah. Was her friend on the other end of the phone adding to the annoyance? Yeah. But if I accept the reality of the situation that I am and I work to make it the best I can make it, then the pet is going to get the best care from me and hopefully the best care from the lady. So after I became present and I basically said, look, this is what we need to do. She And I'd be happy to write you prescriptions is what I told her. So then she seemed okay. I think it appeased her and the uh, frugal texting friend that was on the other end of the phone. Um, so we got to do a couple of things for this this poor little dog. I was able to convince her that something needed to be done. So, but that's not the end of the story. So I kind of won this small battle with her. She let us do the fluids. She let us write her some scripts. After an hour of this back and forth, we're finally getting towards the end of this thing. And I thought that I had won the battle. Now, what happened next was even more annoying because she went out into the waiting room after all of this. And then she was upset with my receptionist, telling him that I had taken too long and that, you know, she was here too long and, you know, she wanted a discount because she had to wait so long. And so we had this whole, excuse me, whole other problem with her out in the waiting room. Um, But basically, I just went out there and right in the middle of the waiting room and I just said, is there something else I can do for you? Um, you know, I really, I thought we went through everything. I thought you understood what the plan was. And as soon as I, I faced her out in the waiting room, um, you know, she was like, oh no, doctor, it's fine. You know, she kind of backed down. So just being friendly and present and, you know, just continuing to keep my cool and realize that being present and listening to her and, doing my job like I'm supposed to and not getting frustrated or upset was really going to be the best thing that I could do in this situation. And it, it really is. It's something that we all need to do in these situations in order to get what's best for our pets and get over the fact that, you know, sometimes these clients are going to be tough. And I just had to tell myself that, you know, maybe this lady's got Uh, a sick kid at home, or maybe, you know, her husband just got laid off. And there's probably a lot of reasons that this woman was giving me a hard time. And um, it's my job not to get upset about it. It's my job to listen and remain in the game, so to speak. And that's how I see presence. I see being present in order to deal with problem clients as part of our job and also part of the challenge. And in challenge, oftentimes comes excitement and fun. So let's talk a little bit about other ways to remain present. Um, I like to think of being present 
when we go into a sad situation uh, where we either have to deliver a bad diagnosis or um, be involved with euthanasia or something like that. I like to try to think of being present as bringing our best self to those situations. And I know oftentimes we feel stressed out about the empathy that we have to provide during those encounters. And we have a tendency to shrink away from either giving the bad news or really absorbing the grief that sometimes comes out of our clients when we give them bad news or we have to be involved in a situation where they're trying to make a a really hard decision. But I feel like if we can remain present and bold in those situations, that we can think clearer and we cannot let their grief and their stress, not let that bleed over and absorb into our bodies because our job is to help them navigate it. We do need to have empathy, but if we're present, we are better apt to help them navigate those negative feelings. And um, I guess an example of that would be um, if you've ever had a client come in for um, with an old pet that they're debating whether this pet should be euthanized or if there's something else we can do to prolong his life and maybe go into a hospice kind of situation. Um, sometimes that's a very stressful conversation. And I think as veterinarians, we don't like those conversations. They make us uncomfortable. They make us feel stressed. They make us feel, I almost want to say unworthy because that's a feeling that I sometimes have or a thought that I sometimes have when I'm in that situation is, who am I to make this decision for these people? Because oftentimes they'll say, well, doctor, what would you do if this was your dog? And um, I don't feel like that is my place sometimes, but it is my place. It is our place to help these people navigate these situations. It's not our place to make the decision for them, but it is our place to help them think through it. And I think the best way that we can do those conversations is to remain present, um, remain bold, bring our best selves to these conversations. And so the way I think we need to do that is we need to listen to everything they say. And not only just the words that they're saying, but what's behind the words. And what I mean by that is you can oftentimes get a feeling for how people are feeling about this whole conversation by the things that they say. You can ask them questions to try to get a better insight into their thoughts. Um, And if it's a couple, oftentimes one member of the couple has different thoughts than the other. So you have to navigate that as well. And the way I do that is I basically just sit down in the room. It's the best thing you can do. Sit down with these people. You don't have anywhere to go. Give them the feeling that you're there for them no matter what, and you're going to spend as much time as needed with them. Even if in the back of your head you know that there's three clients out there waiting for you, you deserve to give yourself full attention or you you need to give your full attention um, to these clients that deserve it when they're trying to make these hard decisions. 
And then once you've fully committed to the situation and you've sit down and relaxed into it, ask the questions that you need to ask and not only listen to the verbal answers, but look for those little clues in between the answers. Like people will say, well, I don't want him to suffer. Well, to me, that means I'm not sure right now if he's suffering and how do I, how do I know? And so if you can ask questions and say, well, is he doing this? Is he, you know, navigating his world? Is he wanting to eat? Does he have any joy? Um, Do you think he's painful? I mean, all the thing, all the questions that you all know intellectually to ask, but then really listen to the emotion behind the answer. That will oftentimes help you realize where the client is. And a lot of times when making these really hard decisions, it's more about the client and their lifestyle than it always is about the pet. Um, there's a lot of things we can do to help pets navigate these difficult situations. And if you can listen to the client and look at the things that the client is saying, not only verbally, but the words between the words, um, you'll be able to help them either prolong that pet's life get more pain medication, give that, give them a little bit more time to work their way through this decision. And if there's one family member that isn't ready and one family member that is, you can say that. I said that to a couple one day. Um, I could just tell by the questions that I was asking and the answers that I was getting from the two of them, I could tell that the wife was ready and the husband was not. And it was just apparent to me by the answers they were giving and the way they were trying to navigate this decision. And so I I just put it out there. I I said, it sounds to me like you're not ready. Is that true? And, um, you know, then a lot of times they'll say, no, I really don't think I'm ready. And then you can have that discussion with the other, you know, person in the family. Um, That happened to me one time with a father-son situation. A son brought his father in who was elderly with a elder, very elderly dog that had a lot of problems. And the son was ready because he thought that the dog was causing too much trouble for his elderly father, but the father was far from ready. And so it's a very, you know, delicate place to be. But as a veterinarian, it's your job to try to negotiate that. And I think if you can remain present and bold and say the things that need to be said in a sometimes somewhat blunt way, you know, in the situation with the father-son, I had to look directly at the son and say, I really don't think your dad's ready. I really don't think your dad's ready to let this dog go. Is there a way that we can help your father keep this dog a little bit longer until he is ready, until he is to the place where he thinks the pet's suffering? And, you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit blunt, And I think that's the whole thing about presence. If you can be in that situation, which is quite uncomfortable. I don't know if in the father-son situation, the son might have been a little bit angry at me for saying that, but it's our place to try to negotiate these things for our clients and for our patients because, you know, we don't want to force people into decisions that they're not ready to make, that they're going to have to live with for the rest of their life. And we don't want to make them feel guilty if they're making a decision that's best for their family that we might may not necessarily agree with. And it's not our job. It's, it's our job to help them navigate it. 
And so that's how I feel that we can use the presence um, in our exam rooms, being present, being bold um, in these difficult situations to help um, navigate some of these things that we get thrown into that we don't necessarily always enjoy. Whatever the moment brings, whatever is said in these difficult situations, you know you know what your brain can do. You have the knowledge and the experience to bring your best self to these situations. And you have the people reading experience to realize if things are going in the wrong direction, which I know you've all been there because I have, where you start to negotiate something or you're in a difficult conversation with clients and it starts to go the wrong way. And in the back of your mind, you're like, oh my gosh, abort, abort, back up. Oh my gosh, I said the wrong thing or, or this isn't going well. I mean, if you start to feel that, then bring yourself back and just be like, all right, this isn't going well. What, what is going wrong here? Really stop, take a breath, think about it and remain present and really pay attention. Pay attention to your client's body language, pay attention to what's being said Pay attention if you're feeling irritation from them. Pay attention if you need to shut up, um, which is sometimes difficult for people like me to stop talking. But sometimes the best thing you can do to be present in a client situation is to not say anything, is to ask a question and then just be silent. And sometimes it's the best thing you can do for clients is just be there and be a listening ear for them. And let them express what they need to express, whether it's, you know, grief or anger or upset or they're upset about another veterinarian in your practice that they didn't like or something when you're texted, you know, in any of these situations, whether it's dealing with a client that's grieving or you're trying to negotiate through a difficult illness with a pet or when a client's upset at you, um, like the diarrhea dog lady that kept me in the room for an hour negotiating with her friend on the phone and then was out in the waiting room complaining that I was too slow and that I didn't examine her dog properly or whatever it was that she told the receptionist. You know, that's part of the deal. So if you can remain present and not let it affect you and and find the humor in it and find the entertainment value, um, especially in that situation, um, and then just try to make the best of it. And I, I think I did. I think I made the best of that situation. I think I was able to at least um, navigate something for the dogs. The dog had a fighting chance to get better and also do something for the client who wanted to save a dollar for their friend on the phone that was trying to get her to save a dollar um, by getting prescriptions written uh, or whatever she was texting her. And and then going out in the waiting room when she was expressing, you know, concern that I didn't really do what she thought I was going to do and going out there and just, you know, being present once again and saying, oh, I understand you have some more questions. What can I do for you? And just being cheerful about it and being kind and being understanding. Um, And a lot of times that will dial it down and people will calm down. If you remain calm, if you remain present, And if you remain bold, 
So I don't want you to forget that definition because I think that is something that if you can think about it, um, you know, Amy Cuddy's definition, bringing your boldest self to your biggest challenges. Um, she's the lady that does the power posing. And um, so you can do a mental power pose. And if you don't know what that is, um, read the book or or go look her up online. Um, but it's kind of like the Superman or the Superwoman pose. Um, do that in your brain. Take that spot. Um, take up that space. Be bold. Say what needs to be said, but do it in a kind way. And that, in my opinion, is is present and being present. Um, so when you're faced with challenges, when you're faced with challenging people, try not to take it personally. Remain present. Bring out your boldest, best version of yourself. Um, it will help you get beyond the frustration. It will bring you to success. It may not be the success that you ultimately wanted. Um, it may not be the exact diagnostic path that you want to take. It may not be um, all that you wanted it to be, but you can be, be successful. It might not be the perfect outcome, but it will be a successful outcome for you and for your patients. There is a quote that I really like um, from Eckhart Tolle. And if you ever get a chance to read um, anything that's written by Eckhart Tolle, please do so. It, it's a very, um, it's very interesting stuff. It will help you to remain present and um, bring your best self to any situation. But the quote goes, whatever the present moment contains, accept it as if you have chosen it. Always work with it, not against it. And that, in my mind, is the power of being present. Work with your situations, not against them. And I think that will cause so much more success to you and so much more peace at the end of your day. Whatever the present moment brings, always work with it, not against it. So that's what I have you for you today, veterinary friends. I hope that this discussion has been helpful for you. I have always enjoyed it. I always enjoy it. And I hope that as these podcasts go on, I'm getting better at presenting useful information to you. But if you have any questions or comments or you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. If you have any um, questions or anything that you want to ask or any subjects that you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, I will be reading questions um, on the podcast when they become available. So send me an email. You can find that on my website, juliecapel.com. Um, my email, juliecapeldvm at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to get this dialogue going with you. Thank you so much for listening to me today and joining me. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a fabulous present week. Bye, everyone. Music.